Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Second Floor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kenny Buller, and we're here to talk about how to survive, how to thrive, and keep the good vibes going in life and business. On today's episode, I bring to you a special guest who we will be collaborating with. Her name is Ashna Bali, and she is TD Canada Trust Branch Manager in Edmonton, Alberta, as well as the founder of Chai Connections. We, as the Second Floor team, are super excited to collaborate with Ashna on October 20th at Chai Connections' second annual networking event. So, what is Chai Connections? Chai Connections, in Ashna's own words, is an exclusive networking opportunity targeted towards South Asians in Edmonton, Alberta, between the ages of 25 to 45 years old. The mission statement is simple. We want to create an environment in which we can learn from each other as we are only as strong as those around us. It doesn't matter what your profession or line of business really is. If you want to be empowered and if you want to empower others, then this is the type of event for you. Now, if you got really excited and listened to that and you want to come to the second event, unfortunately, it's already sold out and it is maxed out to 100 people. However, What we wish to do with Ashna on the episode is share with you some of her ideas as to what will be happening, as well as letting you know what's to come in the future. Without further ado, I'm super excited for you to listen to Ashna herself. Ashna. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. We have Ashna Bali here on the Second Floor Podcast. It's been actually long overdue. I want to have you on the show for quite some time. And I want to start off, Ashna, with your passion. So why don't we let the audience know a little bit about uh, something that I've heard uh, in Edmonton. I hear they're starting their second event soon. It's called Chai Connections. Yes. Yes, it is. Tell me a little bit about Chai Connections and how you're involved in it. Well, spoiler alert, you're also involved in it. I'm super excited to have you there. Yes. Uh, but Chai Connections is my passion um, and it instills everything that I'm about. Reason being is because I love to meet new people, hear people's stories, everything of that nature. So Chai Connections was my larger form platform to enable others to do the exact same. I've had the opportunity through everything I've ever done in life to meet so many phenomenal individuals throughout my decisions that I've made, mistakes I've made, good things I've done. Kind of like met people through weird ways, but I got to meet a lot of cool people. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was afforded this opportunity where I respected so many people that were around me. But then I realized that they all don't know each other. And they wanted to close that gap. So I close it personally for myself. And now I got an opportunity to do that for the South Asian community in Edmonton. Wow. Yeah. Definitely. That's amazing. I find that I was very unfortunate to not make the first one. And I'm actually We missed you there. But I missed your event as well. No, definitely. So we're, we're equal. We're fair. Yeah. You know, we're on the same surface level. So I find that now that we have a chance to actually collaborate, give us an idea of uh, what is to be expected at your second event and, and what the concept is on the day of when people are to show up. Absolutely. So I can't give you all the full details, but I can tell you that we have, what I've done is I've created a unique experience for individuals to meet as well as network. But 
as you and I have previously talked, I like to simulate that networking. Uh, the reason being is because I understand that, like, for me, it's super easy to walk into a room and make a friend. But I understand that for some people, it's nerve-wracking. And so I try to get in on everybody's comfort level. So one of the ones, one of the activities that we do is, so for example, you walk in, it's a social media challenge. You take a selfie with someone you've never met before, and you post it on your Instagram story. You get entered into a contest. You hashtag, I'm not shy. I know I'm so punny. I like that. I know. <laughs> um, I but, that is wicked. But then you're showing like, you know, I can walk up. And now it's not uncomfortable because there's this purpose behind it. Yeah. So if that's the way you want to start to break the ice, fantastic. We do another one, which is my version of bingo. It's called Minglo. Yeah. Get it? Wow. Mingle. Mingle. Oh, see, okay, so I took a second. Trademark, trademark, trademark right there. <laughs> Mingle. I love that. <laughs> so um, with Minglo, it's essentially, I actually research my guests. So what I do is then I put certain pieces on it yeah. um, for, like, find this person in that audience or find this person or there's a free square because maybe yeah. there's someone that's, there's a couple people that have something that's so unique, so find them in the audience. Mm -hmm. And then you get them to sign your square because then now you're walking up with something in your hand. You're not walking up with nothing in your hand going like, hey, like, can I have a conversation? Because maybe that's intimidating. And then in addition to that, we also have where people get lanyards when they enter. And I ask everyone their first name, last name, occupation, and company or business. Because then if I go to approach yourself, I already know what I'm about to start talking to you about. I already know that I want to be connected to you. Because I'm not looking at you going like, what does he do? Like, is he a doctor? Is he a dentist? Is he an astronaut? Like, what does he do? And so I've tried to simulate it in three different ways because I know that not everyone fits in the same category. Yeah. Not everyone has the same comfort level. Wow. And then if none of those work, I assign seating everybody. So everyone sits somewhere. It's random because I want somebody, my goal and intention of that is for everybody to walk out with knowing at least one person they've never met before. I'm trying to prevent the click situation. Yeah, that is huge. So then from, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it took a lot of thought process, yeah. but it was because I've been to so many different networking events and there's things I loved about it, things I didn't like about it. So I tried to take the best of what I thought I enjoyed and curate that into Chai Connections. Yeah. And then that's just the networking. Definitely. So they get Indian brunch, they get a fusion drink. And then from there, I've started this panel situation where you hear from people within our community on various topics. So one of the topics that we have is I Am She, which is a women's topic um, being run by Isha, who will be curating that with our female speakers. So we have Neera Shippel, we have Asha Wrightsell, we have Nimi Kellaway, and we have Sunita Samaru. And they're all fantastic yeah. individuals, but they're also different, yeah. which I love. And then in addition to that, um, we have the one that you'll be curating, yes. which is about mental health and addictions, which I think is an absolutely important topic. And I'm so happy that you're the one that's going to be running that. And with that one, I have Robbie Bagri. Yes. I have Loveneet Heyer. I have Gripal Barra. And then in addition to that, I have Jocelyn Nan. Amazing. So all different people, different sets of things, but everyone's coming together because they want to share, yes. right? And that's that platform. So either you can take something out of the person you met, you could take something out of the information you learned, or you could just come and have a good time and enjoy the food. But I'm trying to create something for everybody so that when everyone walks in, they don't walk out with the same thing because everyone's different. So that's kind of what Chai Connections vision piece is. Wow. 
wow. not vision piece, I would say, more like the concept. In concept. Right? You know what I love about that is I find when you have an event such as yours, you're understanding that yes, at first, it's most likely catered to the South Asian audience. However, let's look at human beings, for instance. Yeah. Human beings, no matter what ethnicity they come from, are all going to have different personalities. Absolutely. Right? And with different personalities comes different ways of, of wanting to approach somebody. So to go back to your point about how you created so many different ways for someone to ultimately connect with another individual, I think that's brilliant, right? Because you're not just putting it, you're not just begging off that one idea where you're like, oh, you know what, Minglo, that's how everyone is going to love. Because I know they won't, right? right? Yeah, but the fact that that's one of many different ways I find is very unique. And that's actually, I, I saw that at... Uh, very similar concept when I went to a TELUS conference. They did yes. just that, where you're forcing people to get up yeah. and find whoever yeah. is doing this specific, let's say, thing, right? And then to your other point about how you get to have someone do something on social media, that's driven towards the individuals who are very social yes. media savvy, right? Because I can imagine you're going to have so many people with all different walks of life, different career choices who are coming there, who are all obviously genuinely curious because... I can imagine the majority of the people are coming from the first experience and they probably just got just that, where they met someone new, they left out of the situation, they maybe went out of their way to, to go for lunch and build that connection with them. And I want to know if you could share uh, one of those experiences, because I know we've, we've talked yeah, a little bit about that. Absolutely. And if you want to share with our audience to just give a little bit of a positive testimonial around how someone made a very great connection from your first event. For sure. So um, one thing, not limited to South Asians. If anybody wants to come to be closer to the South Asian community, they're more than welcome to attend. Awesome. It's targeted for South Asians, but it's open to all. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're happy to work with anybody. One of the most feel good stories that I had was there was a group of women that attended and they were from different sex of life, different age groups, potentially just, they've never met. And they connected at the event. They weren't even sitting at the same table. I don't even know how they gravitated towards each other, but they did. And they all were busy. They all have super busy lives, as everybody else does. But they went, you know what? Let's keep this going. And a month or two later, I received a picture from them tagging me because they all went for dinner together. And I truly thought that that was phenomenal because... It doesn't mean that business is coming out of it. It doesn't mean anything, but it means now you have this other person in your life, somebody that you're connected to intellectually, yeah. right? And Chai Connections created that. I had another example. I'm sharing two. I know you asked for one, yeah, but um, there was an individual that had attended and they went to work the next day and they used something that someone from our panel said to help change the culture in their work environment. And they were sharing how that really opened up their eyes. And I loved it because everybody took something different away and that's all I wanted. It wasn't because I'm trying to get 10 referrals out of it or I'm trying to close that person on business or anything of that nature. It's, I just want to close that gap. I want to make us stronger together. Yeah. I'm truly under that belief that you are as strong as the people around you. And because I told you earlier that I know there's so many phenomenal people, I'm blessed to have the circle I have and the people that I continuously meet. And I'm so thankful I get an opportunity and a platform to share that with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to really bring to light how what you're doing, is it just for somebody who has, let's say, a great career and is able to serve a specific clientele? Or do you feel like somebody who, let's say, 
they're not as career driven. They're maybe young or maybe they're older and they're not so much into a career. They're more into creating a friendship. Can it also serve those individuals as well? Or can you honestly say that this mainly is meant for those who are high level career and they're trying to build their business? Like what does that balance look like for your event? So I think at this point in time, because now we're only two events in, the target market is age-based. Over time, I think truly it might change as to who's coming based on what's happening at the events. And it might filter out some people and people might continue to come. As of what we've seen right now, um, based on our first attendees, less than 50% are actually repeat from the first. The rest, I have no idea. And I'm so excited because that means there's so many other people out there that I have no idea who they are. And I'm so excited to meet them. But for me, right now, I made the age. I made it 25 plus to like 45-ish range. So uh, the experience in the room is absolutely dynamic. You have the new entrepreneurs that are so hungry to learn from those that are killing it. And those that are killing it going you know what, like maybe do I need to shift my mindset? Like how do I get into the social media world? All of this. So granted, they might not all be like business profitability, like forward projection things, but it's still a different means to connect. And I think I told you this before, the very first event, I didn't talk at all. I just sat there and I just absorbed watching everybody interact and it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. Just watching people talk to each other, listen, share their story, ask about each other. It was the most amazing experience. And so for me this time, I got to meet a few new people. I knew a lot of the people in the room the first time. This time, I don't know a majority of the people in the room. And so for me, I'm so excited because I get to meet so many new people. So many new people. So I would say the dynamic in the room, it varies. So it doesn't, if you, I've told people, if you want to be empowered, or you want to empower somebody, show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's twofold, right? I find there's no better time than right now, Ashna, where I can see a 25-year-old individual and a 45-year-old individual humble one another. Yeah. And really, like, listen and understand one another's perspective, even though they may be far from each other and even their personalities or career choices, yet they're able to come into terms with realizing that, hey, this person can offer me something that I wasn't aware of and vice versa. And I can really see that happening. I can already picture how this can happen. Totally fair. And I agree with you on that point. But I would also say that even somebody that's in the same career space, somebody that's in the same world, right? They can still push each other up. There's so much. And I've told you this. We've had this conversation. Like, there's so much business to go around, right? So if, for example, for me, I'm in the financial industry. If there's, there's people that are involved that have reached out to me that are also in the financial industry, I didn't shut that down. Because I believe in collaboration. I don't believe in competition. There's, because for me, if I know what I bring to the table, someone else knows what they bring to the table. I don't need to be like possessive about that because I know what I'm doing. And so for me, it's also to create that environment. That's important to me because I don't, I want everybody to, and I, I mean, I'm not going to solve that overnight, but I'm trying to create that environment. Yeah, no, I love that. And I feel like as an example with what you and me are doing, it's very similar in yes. retrospect of, hey, we both have created an event or we both are on the premise of let's bring people together. Let's let's show certain people off on a panel to respect them for what they're doing yeah. and what they should continue doing, right? And I find that, like, that's where I'm learning from you, where it's okay to bring another person on who ultimately has done, let's say, a, a similar career as somebody who we've already had on the show. 
because with our background, we realized that, okay, like, let's just first see how many yep. different career options we can bring to the show and then we'll consider it. But like with you, I love how right out of the gate, you're not, you're actually, you are willing to say, okay, if there's one lawyer and there's another lawyer and hey, there's this doctor and there's that doctor, let's, let's bring them all. You know, let's not limit it to just one. Absolutely. Right? And our relationship is a prime example. I reached out to you. I've consistently supported what you're doing. You've consistently done the same, regardless whether we were able to attend each other's events. There was never that animosity. Yeah. And I love that. But now here we are. I have the opportunity to be on this, which is amazing. Yeah. But I also have an opportunity to work with you and have you involved in what I'm doing. Yeah. And our friendships only grown from there. Our yeah. professional relationships only grown from there. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Yeah. That's I don't I don't think it should go any other way. Yeah. So I love that. No, absolutely. What do you think, Ashna, then is like for, for, for our audience listening to this who want to do a better job of that, what do you believe they can do that you feel like it just comes so natural to you? But if you could think of, if you've noticed where maybe you realize, oh, like you notice that not everyone is like us and yeah. bring people together yet. They're now coming to terms at any point in their life where they should consider reaching out to someone of the same career choice. What do you think they should do or what should they start doing to kind of get out of that comfort zone? I think for me, and I don't have the answer, I'm not 100% right, but I would say my biggest tip that I could give people is just be genuine and be comfortable with who you are. Don't try to be anybody else. You are you. That's what makes you authentic. And remember that. So regardless whether you're walking down the street and you meet another person doing a podcast, it doesn't make you less of a person. Like it makes you less of a person actually to go tell that person like, oh, I hate what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Like they still did it. Yeah. And they're trying just like you tried, right? I and I think it's hard out there. So if you're in the same industry, you're doing something like that, recognizing the struggles they may go through instead of going like they're they're not good at it. Yeah. Right. I I think for us, you wouldn't want someone to do that to us. Yeah. I would feel hurt. So I feel like pay it forward. Don't do it to others. And I think just be genuine with that, like understand that it's a tough world out there. And especially with somebody doing something, it's something in a similar space to you. You know, the struggles you personally went through. They're probably going through it, too. So why hate? Like, like, why have that stiffness about it, right? Exactly. That's a really great point. That helps me picture it. I'm a very visual learner. Right? Yeah. The way I see it and can relate is I find, I look at it in the way where, let's picture two UFC fighters, right? And these two guys are going head to head. Maybe there's some, you know, built up tension and they, yep. they do it for the media. You're not too sure if it's real or not, whatever it might be. Yet, no matter what happens, no matter how much one or the other gets so brutally hurt through the process of actually fighting each other for their lives, for putting money on the table, at the very end, they hug each other. Yes. They, they, they tell each other they love each other. Yeah. They tell each other, hey, like, I hope you're okay. Like, you're, you're a warrior for coming in here. Ultimately, because both of them went through the same exact process. To get of, there. Of, like, training the hardest they ever have, doing what they can. And, and who better than that other person they just went head-to-head -head with who understands what yep. that's like. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I respect that on the same level now that you say it where it's like, yeah, if there's any other person in the city who's doing a podcast to like bring out that, let's say the positive eyes for them. Yeah. And understand that they're, they're out here just doing the exact same thing we are, just like any other person in their profession. Right? And, I, and I agree. And I think the other thing that I would say is important is the power of word of mouth and referring somebody to an extent, yeah. not for business, but just. If I'm out somewhere, and I'm going to use you as an example, because I, so if I'm out somewhere where, and I'm having a conversation, someone's talking about a podcast, 
have you heard of second floor? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's awesome. If they don't know, I know. So I'm going to tell you. Yeah. If you don't know, now you know, yeah. right? But it's that promotion piece. Yeah. They didn't ask for it. Like, you're not telling me to go out and tell the world that. Which, by the way, it's genuine. Like, I swear <laughs> it is genuine. But it's that support mechanism, right? Because at the end of the day, like, I'm still trying to do something. So I would... I hope that there's people out there that are sitting there going like, oh, you want to network with South Asians? There's Chai Connections. I'm not asking them to do that, but there's those people that are. And for me, all I can do is, you need a lawyer? Here's this person. Oh, there's an accountant? I know this person. Yeah. You're looking for a job? Let me connect you with that. Because for me, I know. So why am I going to be like, oh, go Google it instead and figure it out? Yeah, it's different now. It has more of that human, you're humanizing the experience. Yes. In such a digital world we live in. Where, yes. To your point, someone can easily just see what's the top one, but now it's coming from a very credible, trusted source. Yeah. Right? I love it. Do you, if you're willing to share, Ashna, maybe what you see Chai Connections being in a year, five years, whatever sort of timeline, where do you see it going? And uh, if, if so, you're willing to share it, uh, is there going to be a point where you can ultimately just do it full-time before we sort of share what you're doing on the side? Um, full-time. I don't know because right now it's in this, there's so many wonderful, okay, so Chai Connection's my baby, but I love taking and seeking everyone's opinion about what I could do that's different, that's better, all that other stuff. Um, so a lot of the content that's curated into it, I didn't come up with it in my head. People have actually helped me get to that point. Awesome. And I appreciate that because it's not just for me. Chai Connections is for everybody else around, so I want to curate it as such. For future events, we're looking at more mixers that are more refined. So, yeah. for example, our, the next one that we do have in the works, which is Chai Connections 3.0, is actually a garden party called Hi Chai. I'm really, like, Sweet. on the puns, okay? <laughs> I'm really on the puns. I love that. Hi but Chai. It's a Hi Chai garden party. Um, there's no speaker, no panelist. It's actually just more of, like, an upscale mixer. Ticket price is more because there's no, like, you're going to be getting, like, butler service style everything. Yeah. But what that's going to attract is maybe a different crowd. But I don't know what that'll look like because I've never done it before. But we're going to try it. We're going to call it high chai, have this dress-up situation. But it's just a mixer at that point. But there's still going to be things that come out of it. But we're just going to let nature take its course and just let music play, that picture background, that situation. Yeah. But then we might kick it back and then the next time do the panel or do smaller events or change it to Chai Connections University Edition and then get our new up and coming soon to be people. I, I, I think it'll, it'll mold, but it can mold into different spots. So I think Chai Connections will continue, but it'll evolve yeah. and it'll cater to different audiences, but not consistently. Yes. So it'll, it'll go maybe to the high Chai, then maybe a university one then maybe it might go to Calgary. I, I have no idea. But just keeping that going. I love it. You're, you're dipping into certain niches that you feel like are, are golden opportunities to kind of yeah. look into seeing who are the, the ones among The up-and-comers, yeah. Niche, yeah, right? yeah. The up-and-comers. Brilliant. And that could be like a career fair at that point, yeah. right? And, and like I said, there's so many different ideas out there. So Chai Connections will evolve over time based on who we're targeting. But I think it'll keep going. Yeah. So if you ask me what Chai Connections looks like in five years, I would just say still around. Yeah. Right. In what capacity, I don't know, but it'll still be there. 
the fact that you're already planning your third event before the second one. I know. I love that. I'm honestly I know. like, I, I know. For that. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's what you ultimately, you have to kind of have that mindset and, and know, okay, well, once this is done, we have to think about the next one. Right? So I, I honor you for doing that. Well, it just came up so fast. Like as soon as I finished, Everyone's like, oh, when's Chai 2.0? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even start calling it 2.0. Everybody else did. So then I started calling <laughs> it 2.0. I'm like, okay, this sounds like a good name. Let's use it. That's awesome. And then I started to create the buzz because as I told you, like, I'm, I was leaving for a bit for a trip. So I knew that I had this gap. And then Christmas was going to roll around and all the holidays. And then it just wouldn't happen. So to hold myself accountable, I put that date out, I started the teasers, I did everything of that nature because I had to hold myself accountable because everybody else was holding me accountable. Yeah. And then here and we are. You know what it is too, is you're, I'm gonna just say it, but if anyone wants to feel free, our audience who wants to tell me if anyone's done this otherwise, I'm born and raised in Edmonton, so I know that when I say this, I, I believe it's the case. You are the first person, Ashna, where to everyone's point, especially in the South Asian community, I know you're doing a good job of saying that it's not just for them, but the way it's heading in that direction, I love how you're the first person who is finally seeing how there's so many amazing people who are South Asian or just anybody where we need to bring these people together. And to that point where you're giving them a free space to network yeah. without the ego, without the, the feeling of, oh, okay, I need to go to a bar to go meet somebody who's South Asian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just outside of work, just outside of a potential relationship or friendship, you're giving them a very healthy environment to be in. And that's why I love it. Yeah. Because I've had so many friends now. We're in our early 20s, and, and we have some friends who want to settle down. We have other friends who, uh, you know, want to just go out and meet people. Yeah. And they're sick and tired of doing it in a bar or nightclub, you know? And, and, and I think I, I shared this. Like, people were, the only way to meet somebody was going to a reception, going to engagement, a funeral, or, like, the bar. And imagine all the barriers around that, right? right? <laughs> and then it's hard. But now, honestly, like, I'm so proud of Edmonton. Like, yeah. the like I am proud of Edmonton, period. But the South Asians in Edmonton, like, that's our community. Those are our people. And they're not just the doctors, the lawyers, the this and that, because their parents told them to. There's bold career choices in there, and they're killing it. And we need to celebrate that. Yeah. Like, if we don't celebrate our own... Then where do we start? Yeah, I love that. It's a great point. I want to transition a little bit. Let's okay. do that. So from you being able to balance something that obviously takes a lot of energy and time on top of now being a branch manager for TD Canada Trust, that's huge. Like, I feel like there's probably another Ashna right now running around doing everything else you need to do. And I, it amazes Don't tell me. anybody, yeah, there is. <laughs> it amazes me how, like, I personally, I... I respect that a lot about you because I know myself. It's not easy to juggle two things that you have such a high vested interest in and obviously take a lot of time. It's one thing to work a position and, and it it's doesn't really need to hold much accountability and do an amazing project like this. It's a whole other thing, the fact that you're a branch manager, you have a lot of responsibilities. Not to discredit any other person's position. I'm just saying that you're someone who has management experience now. And I want to know, first of all, um, as we transition, how do you balance both? Like, are you a very structured individual? And this is to the audience where people want to be able to do what you're doing. They have this idea, yet they always, they, they throw it in the garbage because they're like, oh, I'm just too busy with my job. How yeah, do yeah. So is there anything you wish to share that's like, works brilliantly for you because you do it every time and you're so organized in that sense? So twofold. Uh, first answer is, it's this quote that I feel everybody uses, but it brings so true to my life. If you want to do something, 
no matter how busy you are, you will make the time to do it. No excuses, nothing. You know how there's people that go to the gym. I'm not a gym person whatsoever. I love donuts way too much, yeah. but um, you make time for it. You wake up in the morning, go do that. It's your routine because you're passionate about it. You make the time. Yes, you're busy. You could have been sleeping instead, but you chose to do that. Um, Chai Connections to me is that. So I make time for it. I am 110% busy, but I also believe in it. And at the end of the day, the other piece I would say is if you have something like that or there's something you're passionate about and you want to do it, if you don't do it, somebody else will. And then you can sit on the sidelines cheering them on, don't get me wrong, going, wow, yeah, good. But you could have done that. Like, you could have done it. So for me, yeah, it takes up a lot of my time. What I'm lucky with is that my husband's so supportive and so phenomenal with helping me do that. So with a lot of the Chai connections, he's like my AV guy. I don't understand how mics work. I don't understand how any of that situation goes. So just I'm like, I have this many speakers and have this many people <laughs> and go. Yeah. Um, go. But he takes care of it. He does. And I, I adore that. But then what happens is that my professional life is busy. So then when I have this project, it's not like it's just my project. He's vested in it too, right? Awesome. So, and then so is my circle of friends. Yeah, They're always hunting for, you should talk to this person. You should talk to this person. A lot of the people I get on the panel, I didn't meet them myself. My circle introduced me to them. Yeah. And I adore them for that, but they're always looking out for you. And we're always looking out for each other. And I would say that for me, that's how I get the balance. I'm passionate about it, so I make time. Just like in a friendship. If in a friendship, someone's like, you know, I'm really busy. We'll meet some other day. We'll meet some other day. I still make time for my family and my friends. Granted, it's not every single day. But they know I care because once I'm done hanging out with them, I'll be like, when are we going to see each other? And maybe it's a month down the road, two months down the road, but I will make time for it, yeah. 110%, because I care. And I think if I can do that, I can put my passion there too. Absolutely. Yeah, wow, that's a great point. I, I really see where you're coming from with that. Now, to digest how you define your position. Okay. For everyone out there who says, okay, wow, branch manager. I know. Canada Trust, right? What is that? What are your duties? Uh, what are you, let's say, um, your, your, your key performance indicators? What are you being per- performed on? And, and how uh, do you go about doing it? And this is for, let's say, our audience who maybe they want to look into working in the bank world. Maybe they uh, have a vested interest in seeing that you are a branch manager and they yeah. want to see what the day-to-day looks like. Absolutely. So um, I have had the unique opportunity of coming in from a wealth background. So. When I first got out of school, I jumped into a role where I was picking up the phone, being a day trader, pretty much. Client calls, they're like, sell this stock, you sell it. Client gets like this, you're like buying it. There's new IPOs out, um, which are initial public offerings. And you're calling them going like, hey, do you want to buy Tim Hortons? It's coming out. It's going to be a stock. You interested? And I've seen the markets crash. Like I went through 2008 on the phones. And... That was tough. Like every day I went into work and another bank failed. Another this happened. This went away. Like it was a very tough time. But throughout that, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. One was managing your emotions. Two was multitasking. Mm -hmm. And then three was just my passion for being with people. And so over the years, I worked a lot in that world. Like I worked a lot in the wealth management side, the trading side, all of that. And somebody took a chance on me 
two years ago. And they just asked me, they're like, would you be interested in being a branch manager? And Kenny, I swear, I tell this story to everybody, I laughed. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no. You're like, no way, what? And then they're like, me. why? And I went, I don't like even know like how to use the system. Like I have yeah. no idea. And she told me that, but you have the personality. And I, this rings true, and we'll talk about this for sure, is that like for me, I learned that that personality, you can't change. Yeah. The skill set, you can learn. Yeah. But you can't teach personality. You can't teach someone like how to have a personality. Does that make sense? No, and so when I took on that risk, I took the road less traveled by for myself. And it was a huge undertaking because not only was I jumping into a new career, I was given an immense opportunity because I also got to open, like till date, the newest TD in Edmonton. Yeah, wow. And what is different about my role versus my colleagues is that everything that happened in that branch, we grew that business. And my role, and any branch manager's role to an ex like pretty much to an extent is business development, is being that bank of choice. So showing people the value that TD brings to the table. And clients are looking for that elevated advice. They're not looking to walk in going, I need to open a checking account. They want you to ask them about, well, what about your kids? Are you saving for your kids? Are you doing this? You can go open an account online. You can go get anything. You don't need that face-to-face -face interaction. But when you do have it and you're giving someone your time, you're sharing that, and all they do is what you just asked them to do, there's no advice with it. So that elevation of that advice, really getting to know our clients, starts with increasing the confidence within our colleagues first. And then from there, it's empowering our clients to become more financially savvy. Wow. I want to just take what you just said and like- Sorry, I said a lot. No, it's beautiful. I want to send it to TD Canada Trust and that should be their next commercial. <laughs> I swear to God, that's brilliant. Yes. Because to, to what you just said, right? It's, it's not just about being a bank, right? It's about being a, facilitating the experience with it, understanding that you value your customers' finances, you value what they're gonna do with it, and, and everything that has to do with it, right? And I wanna ask with you, like, what do you find, especially since you started your, like, to, to your credit, you started that location from the moment it opened, right? And that's I opened something where it doors. wasn't just around for a little bit, like, you were there from the moment you cut that ribbon open and it was day one. And I wanna know what are some, what are some things you feel like you personally did that has to do with your personality when it came to managing the branch that you feel like is it's, it's in a way it's your competitive advantage. It's something that was uh, a little bit of uh, Ashna added to the experience that you found maybe other banks aren't doing, maybe other branches aren't doing it because you have the autonomy to do so. I think for me, it's, I live in that community. So I, I drive to work, don't judge me, but I live like 600 meters from where I work. It's close. Yeah, it's really bad. I, I drive, um, but I also feel like it's weird. Like I walk up to work every day. Like it's, and then anyways, <laughs> point of story, I drive. Sorry, everybody, wasting gas. But I think that the thing that it is, is I am there. Like I live there. Mm -hmm. So everything in that area, I've seen it come up. So with where it was two years ago to where it is now, We've gone from everybody moving in to now everybody's moved in and now we're saving. And we're all going through that because it was a newer area. So as much as I've grown 
in the community, our clients have grown the same way. So I think what I would say is that competitive advantage is the re relatableness. So when it's my weekend, I'm off, I'm walking around in that area. Like that's where I go get my lunch. Yeah, That's when you walk. <laughs> Just my husband makes me, okay? <laughs> but um, that's when I go and I like go see our, like the people that I see yeah. or the people that I don't always see, but I know. And the other thing is, is that I know the other ones in my parking lot. Like I know the other institutions in my parking lot and I'm friendly with them. I have no issues with them whatsoever because that's my core belief is there's enough to go around. So when somebody walks in the door and they tell me bank X does this, great. I'm not gonna bash someone else or their business. This is what we can do for you, the end. Like I, I don't win by stomping on someone else. It's for you, it's not like you're in there to compete with other banks. You're ultimately there to provide a service in which you're very confident in letting them know of. And if they choose to go explore other banks, then they go do so. And like I said, there's so much to go around. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like we just want to make sure that for those that are walking through the doors, that we're giving them the best experience possible. And for me, experience is everything. Yeah. And it's that consistency. So for me, it shouldn't be different if I walk up the door, one of my other employees is in there, et cetera, et cetera. When you walk in, you get that whole experience of who we are yeah. as a branch. I love it. Yeah, then that the, the true, the, the brand in which you're doing everything you can to be elicited out from your bank comes out. Yeah. Right, and that all comes from who you hire, you know, the type of environment you're creating yeah. in your community that you're so familiar with, right? Which begs me to ask, what does, what does that, let's say a typical day look like for you. And I know that's cliche to say, because I can't imagine from your perspective how every day is different. Yeah. But maybe if you could give me an idea, however way you wish to, I'll use an example. Maybe you put a certain uh, allocated percentage on doing a particular task where it's with your employees. Maybe it's something where you're client facing, maybe it's business development. Share with us what that day looks like in your response. So you're right. The life of a branch manager every day is uh, very different. Yeah. But what I would say the core things are in my day is... FaceTime with my employees, whether that's in a formal capacity in terms of like a coaching session, um, helping them with a the file, anything of that nature, or it could just be like, hey, how's your day? Like, what's going on? Tell me about you. Um, connecting with my frontline staff as well. I'm touching base with the rest of my management team. In addition to that, it's reviewing files, um, files that come across my desk because anything that's real estate secured lending, so someone's coming in for a home equity line of credit, they're looking for a mortgage, I have that final approval piece. So reviewing those files and with the new lending criteria, it's becoming to some harder to qualify for a mortgage, but at the end of the day, we still have to do our due diligence, right? Yeah. And we try to make everything um, as compliant as possible. Right. So going through that with my team, in addition to that, it's there's business development in some shape or form in every capacity throughout my day. One of my interactions, I try to make a, a point to do that. Yeah. It could be at a coffee shop that I'm at, asking people how business is going. It could be at, um, like, at Walmart. I, it, it just, I have no shyness in striking up a conversation. With a stranger, essentially. Yeah. And, like, I had an example of a situation just earlier this week. It was a business somewhere in Edmonton that I walked into, and I asked them, how's business going? And they told me, not good. Honestly. They, they said, honestly, they're like, it's it's not good. Like, I'm... I'm not doing well. It's a huge struggle. Yeah. And I asked, what can we do to help? They're like, you know, like if you know anyone that ever needs um, 
our services or anything like that. I was like, you know what? Like, we're going to try one time to make this work. I said, it's not much, obviously, because that's not going to help them stay afloat. But I can do that much, at least. And they were so appreciative, but it doesn't take away from who I am as a person. Yeah. And it was such an easy conversation. Like, I wouldn't, if I didn't ask, I would never have known totally. because she put on the biggest smile on her face. Awesome. She welcomed me with like open arms, but yeah. she's struggling. So when she shared that, yeah, and when she shared that, I wanted to give back in some capacity. Yeah. Was that something where you managed to let someone know about their services that they're offering and they were able to go? So we're personally going to utilize them, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. There you go. See, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So even like as a branch, you're able to utilize yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. See, that's super cool, right? And I want to know, like, what is it that you feel with your personality? Because you mentioned with what you're doing and... Maybe you could also share, obviously, what are some of the credentials someone needs. What is it about your personality that ultimately led you to this position in the first place? Because for those listening, and even for me, I know personality, it can be anything, right? And let's say someone very needs, very much so needs to know, okay, what is the type of personality that will lead them into this position or that they would need to ultimately be a successful branch manager? I would say not everybody will be blessed with the opportunity that I had, not saying that people can't be blessed with an opportunity. I just, speaking from what I've heard other colleagues tell me as well, financial background, completely important. Um, One of the other things is never undermine a lateral experience. So if, for example, there's a position with a similar pay in a different part of an institution, don't diminish it because it's still going to put different things under your belt. And I think that's not bad. I think always be open to that. In terms of credentials, so working in a bank, you have to be mutual fund license um, because you're talking about mutual funds. So you would have to do your um, IFIC course and that one allows you to get licensed. Um, The other thing is, is that we have other divisions that offer different courses where you're getting securities license, you can sell stocks, um, things of that nature. But working in a bank, one of the biggest ones is obviously your IFIC. And then eventually you could be doing designations depending on how your role tenure is out. But it's a lot of finance because it's such a relevant topic. It's, you see it every day. You have a bank account, you do this. You can learn all that. You can grow stronger by learning it like that. And I think we've seen people come through that don't have experience and we've seen people that come through that have experience. Both are successful. And I think that some get through the ranks quicker because they have that experience piece. And then there's some that are comfortable with where they are, but it depends on where they're trying to go in their career, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And then what would be those? And it's really good to know, actually, because I didn't even know that. I find that some individuals just get by with, let's say, a BCom, but then they sometimes, what certain friends have told me, they had to get a certain license. But it's good to know specifically what that is. Yeah. Right? And with, let's say, maybe three personality traits right off the bat that a branch manager would need. What are some of those things that you find that are like, just they're no-brainers, they need this, and if they don't have it, they will struggle, even if they make it as a branch manager? Um, I would say one is to think like your employees. Like, to be an employee. You are part of that team, you're a family. So for me, I would say to be successful is I'm one with my team. I am not, I don't walk above them, I walk with them. Does that make sense? That would be one. Um, the second one is you don't know everything. I don't know everything and I'm okay to admit that, but don't ever, I would never put 
someone asks me a question and then because they're asking me and they're looking at who I am, that I need to have all the answers because sometimes it's, it's okay to say, and I've told my staff this consistently, to say, fantastic question. I want to make sure I give you the right answer. Let me just look into that for you. People respect that way more than if you just make it up yeah. and then you're wrong like and there goes your integrity. And then the third thing would be is to delegate. So not delegate in the sense of I don't do anything, but delegate in the sense of trust those around you with the opportunities that come your way, because then you have the opportunity to get more opportunities and then share it with your team. Yeah. Um, and for me, though, my biggest rule with my team is if I'm, I'm going out there and I'm talking you up and I'm having that conversation, I'm filtering it back to you. And I'm going, you know what? I have this wonderful person here. They're going to help you out with this. They got you. You better get them, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, not only do they then make themselves look bad, they make me look bad. Yeah, it's like if you're going to vouch for this person and, and have your name attached to it, you better hope that they actually Absolutely. get the job done. And I think those would be my three biggest takeaways for success in a branch management role, but also just in any role, I guess. Yeah. That integrity piece the being like that genuine and being part of the team, yeah. walking alongside your team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's fair, right? Because I bet you so many people, including yourself, have been across certain managers where like you don't even feel like you can share something with them because they all they do is they trigger your anxiety. Like you, you feel like even when you share, yeah. they're going to cast judgment on you and say, oh, well, you, it's your fault to begin with. But then on the other hand, there's managers who they encourage you to let's say okay make mistakes and not too big a mistake yeah yeah but, yeah but they say listen if it gets made make sure i'm the first person to to, to to you know where you pick up the phone and you want to call me absolutely so we can we can help figure this out together and so it doesn't happen again, yeah right so that's brilliant i'm happy you shared that with uh going into a different perspective i want to know for let's say two scenarios and uh i'll say both of them so you can maybe let me know which one you want to mention because i'd love to hear both okay let's say you have the 24-year-old who is maybe one or two years into the real world, right? They just got a taste of what it's like getting paid, yeah. like a good salary, a yeah. decent starter salary. And they just finished school. They're getting paid money. Now they're starting to think about saving. So you have that one person. Second person, you have the 50-year-old, okay? On average, they're 15 years away from retiring. They're still out there working their ass off. And they also are in a point in their life where they understand that, hey, the, the finish line is near in terms of being done working and to reap the benefits of retiring. Can you share with me maybe your best, let's say, recommendation and your, let's say, offering from what you know at TD and just your, with who you are as a person of how they should strategize saving their money, what it should look like? Is it relatively the same? Is it different? Which person should we start with and feel free? I'm going to start with the younger one first. Yes, that's perfect. I better look on my notebook because that's <laughs> <Okay>. me. <laughs> so with the younger person, I would say that um, one of the things that I love is teaching everyone from the youth in our world to our clients, to my staff, to anyone I talk about, yeah. about finance and the importance of saving. So biggest thing that I would tell somebody of that age is don't rack up your credit card debt. Yes, it's great. You have the shiny credit card, all this other stuff. It has this limit. You tap it. It's gone. It doesn't come out of your bank account. Don't overabuse it. 
too quickly we see people like you hear horror stories sorry of people that got this credit card from like company x because they just mailed it to them and it had this x amount of limit and they're like wow cool spend everything but don't have the means to cover it yeah. if you buy something pay for it if you can't don't buy it right um very simple rule yeah and if you have something that you're growing through your age. So all of a sudden you get married and you want to buy a house with your spouse. Great. But a mortgage is designed for you to pay it throughout time. It's not designed for you to pay it right away. It's designed for your lifetime. That's why it has amortization like 25, 30 years. So you, the mindset that some people have and, and some people don't have it, but there are some people that do where I have this debt, I have to pay it off. I'm not going to save anything. I'm just going to put all my money onto that. But then what happens is you got nothing. You're not living your life for 25 years. You're just trying to pay that off. So I would say as that person, I'm adding a third person in between, yep. is that growing person is to save while paying. Because mortgage is designed because uh, people understand, banks understand that people need to live in a house, but people don't also have, especially in this economy here, like house prices are ridiculous. If we were in Vancouver, like houses are don't quote me on this, but like ridiculously like way, way upwards of what we have here. But that being said is that they're hard to afford. So banks understand, anyone understands, like no one has that just, some people might, but no one just has that sitting in their pocket, yeah. right? And so that's what a mortgage is designed for. And it has a lower interest rate because it's secured by an asset. There's a, there's a house attached to it. Like yeah. if we don't get it, we know how to get it back. And so pay that, but don't destroy your life doing it still live your life right yeah yeah if you get an extra bonus you want to apply it to that fantastic but still enjoy your life um the thing is then you move to the third person which is that 50 year old right yeah who say who's about to go into that retirement i would say at that point people need to invest from an early age so i would have wished to meet that 50 year old before to tell them to start investing so for the 50 year old i would say I'm hoping that they came to see us prior to when they were younger yeah. or one of my other colleagues and they got an RSP. If they didn't, it's not too late to start saving. Awesome. And if anything, right now, putting aside more towards it. Their work, I assume, would give them a pension. They'd also be eligible for different retirement benefits. But retirement's expensive. Life's expensive, yeah. right? So you always want something to fall back on. So really looking at what am I spending my money on? What's negotiable? What's not negotiable? What do I need to have and what is a want? And then how can I scale back so that I'm okay for the rest of my life? Yeah. So I feel like almost at that point when you are 50, you are going to be asking yourself a whole lot more questions mm -hmm. in terms of, okay, well, is this a smart investment to make right now or is it not? And okay, well, you're, you're almost way more persistent to think about what's happening in retirement, Abs depending on health, right? For then, sure. Because then there becomes that debate where it's like, oh, am I even going to live that long? Or, and I find that's more so the on the other side where it's a younger individual saying that. Uh, and just to share with you my own experience, I'm really starting to respect it now after my first year of being in the real world, where now with my money, I'm a whole lot careful of which pool of, of savings I'm putting in it. Because now I realize it's not just one. There's the long-term investment pool, then there's the short-term investment pool. Yep. Right, where it's like, okay, well, this is for, let's say, the stock portfolio. Let's just dive in. Let's, for me personally, um, I realize I need to make the decision of whether or not I want to do it on my own, have fun with it, and not have to create this percentage on paying someone else, 
or not spend the time. I don't want to look at it. I don't even want to pay attention to it. Get someone else to do it, whether it's a bank like TD or let's say someone like uh, another financial institution. So for me, that's where I'm learning from my own experience because nothing sucks more than when I get Guggen who goes to me and says, I could have saved you $10,000 your first year because she for one is very much yeah, so yeah. structured in the sense yeah. where she knows finances really well. And then for me, when I hear her say that and she's punching in the numbers, I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous. And I, I feel like a part of it is also to learn from that experience, right? Because I also come from the background where I was in that first year where I was like, okay, yeah, let's go out, let's spend, let's swipe, let's not see it. But it was only until I did that where now I'm so glad that I'm like, okay, I'm glad I realized this now yeah. after my first year of making stupid decisions with my money as opposed to being yeah. that 50-year-old. Yeah. Where I understand for that 50-year-old, it isn't too late still, but I'm glad that the decision is made now as opposed to being that point where it's like, okay, it's not too late, but now to your point about a lot more questions and details I'm going to have to follow through. We, we show an example a lot of the time where somebody younger, such as yourself, that starts with $100 a month versus somebody who is older, let's use your 50-year-old as an example, they can't start at the $100 a month. They have to exponentially increase it. Yeah. So you need to do a little bit now to give yourself a lot later exactly. versus a lot later, right? Which is the importance of that balance between paying off your debt yes. but saving it a bit. Definitely. To ensure ultimately... Because what are you going to do? If you pay off all your debt, now you're right back to where you started, right? Like, because you just used all the freak money and capital you had, paid everything off. Yeah. But then now you're like, but now what do I do? Definitely. And I'm so glad you're saying that. So to your point, um, and I already have an idea of what the answer is, but I feel like it's fair to learn from the professionals such as yourself, is let's say there's the debt I have. There's, uh, for me, it's rent, but let's say for any uh, other person, it's a mortgage. And there's uh, savings you want to make. So you're not just going to pull all of the money you're earning that you can put into one of those. No. You're putting a little bit into the debt, a little bit into the savings, and a little bit into the mortgage. So, agreed. And I would say that you have your debt that you're paying off, which, like I said, at this point, I would say, let's say, let's put mortgage, okay? Or your rent or anything of that nature. So expenses that are coming out. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen regardless. That all needs to be covered. That's one part of it. Then there's your everyday account, which is your, I swipe, I go get coffee, I get this, I get that. That's your everyday. Then there would be something like a tax-free savings account, which is that rainy day fund for, I want to buy this or I might want to go on a trip. I want to kind of start investing it, but I don't want the tax implications of that. So that's your short terms, kind of like short to medium term. Then there's like your RSPs, your registered savings plan, which is designed and tax efficient to help you retire. It's a government initiative to help you get there. So... I think you need a mix of everything because there's going to be your rainy day fund, but your rainy day fund isn't going to help you get to your retirement fund and your retirement fund isn't going to help you get to buying a coffee at Tim Hortons today. So you need to make an in like a mix. And I would say to people that are starting out just because it's $20, just because it's $50, it doesn't belittle what it is. It's the activity that's important. Yes. I love that. Activity meaning? The act of saving. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Wow. No, that's great knowledge right there. That really puts it in perspective. I'm going to ask you something. It's going to be very much so based off of your expertise and your opinion. Okay. I believe your opinion matters here a lot. Why, thank you. Let's say someone, they like their coffee. They need to have a coffee a day. 
they choose Starbucks. They love the luxury of it. Uh, even though it's a higher price, they can't help but have their coffee a day. You, no matter what, you realize, hey, they got to save money. Do they have their coffee a day or do they not have their coffee a day? When it comes down to, obviously, there's other limitations, there's other factors they can prevent themselves from not spending anymore. Yeah. But are you going to say, listen, you got to stop this $5 coffee day. Or are you going to let them do it? Coffee day's fine. So what I would do, um, also, I'm guilty of the Starbucks yeah, like, coffee. That's me. <laughs> I love McDonald's coffee and I love everything else. But like, sometimes you just got to have that little cup. Is that kick. But what I would say is that life is long. Contrary to what you're saying, where people are like, you know, I'm not gonna live that long anyways. Life is long. It's still 365 days for one year, right? And if I'm gonna live that every day, not doing something I love, then I'm not gonna be happy. And if that's my non-negotiable and that's my Starbucks coffee, then so be it. I work everything around it, but I would never tell someone to give it up because then you really wouldn't want to save. Yes. Like I'm saving all this money, but I'm bitter. Maybe the coffee perks them up in the morning, right? Yeah. Same thing. Somebody who has a gym membership and it's expensive, right? And then they could be saving it for something else, but it makes them so passionate to go to the gym. It makes them so happy. Why give it up? Work everything else around it. I love it. Right? That's a good point. And you know, I have to add, I already felt guilty after saying Starbucks. If anyone is nearby Jasper Ave on 101 Street, it's going to be El Centro. Yeah, yeah, right here. They make the best damn coffee. <laughs> so, wow, that's great. Really good stuff there. I want to now conclude. Okay. okay. I feel like I want to take the opportunity, obviously, Ashna, to honor you and respect the fact that you pretty much are able to take your personality and, and drive it towards doing two things that are, yes, they're different from one another, but they're also so similar. Because at the end of the day, I could tell that you really care about helping people's lives. And whether that's doing it through optimizing it through ensuring that their finances are kept safe, on top of it, ensuring that they have the right people around them, you do a really good job of blending those two together. Yeah. So I honor you for that. Thank you. And I want to uh, just wrap this up by having you share with us Maybe anything that you find, maybe it's lately, or maybe it's something that you felt was a huge, um, let's say, a learning experience for you in your life. And it could be a book, it could be a TV show, it could be a person, anything that you want to share with us that you find uh, you're, you're thankful of that you've had in your life because you would not be here today if you didn't have that token of appreciation. I would say, and this sounds cliche, but it's so true. Um, I am so thankful for my friends and family, yeah. for my everyone around me that's in my circle, that's around me, the ones that I've just recently met, everything of that nature. I'm so thankful for every single person that I've met in my 19 years of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 19, that's true. Um, in my 19 years of life, but every single person that I've met, I'm so thankful for them because in some shape or form or capacity, They've impacted who I am. They've impacted my choices, my decisions, what I've carved myself out to bring to the table and what I've decided to pull back on. And without them, I wouldn't be where I am today because those, all of those experiences led me to sitting right here. Definitely. And I would say that's what I'm thankful for. Yeah. And you're even to tie that together you're a great example of showcasing that you surround yourself around the right people and and you give your love to your family and you get it right back it's going to completely optimize your life right if i can 
ask you this on a more personal note. What do you believe? And we ask all our guests this. What do you believe it is that you have and that you feel like it is what it takes to be on the second floor? And I mean that literally. I mean that figuratively. Um, we obviously, we we put a vested interest in you to be on here because we believe that you, you have what it takes and you also have that uh, life experience to share with our platform. But in your own opinion, what do you feel like it is that that you've done or that you have that gives you the ability to have that second floor mentality to really feel like, you know, if, if you, my bad, that's my alarm. That's okay. <laughs> Time to wake up. But like, what I really mean by this, and I swear, every time I ask it, I always try and ask it in so many different ways for the guests to understand. But something where you understand that being on the second floor metaphorically means you're just you're a step above. You're always thinking about what it takes to be one step above the rest or more so to continuously learn. And, and what is it you find that you uh, can say about that? I would say that for myself. Um, one, thank you for making me worthy of being on second floor. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Just appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I totally appreciate it. Um, I would say that for me, I think that I got this spot because I had a vision and I jumped in not knowing what was going to happen. And it landed me somewhere that I didn't even expect to land. And I think that if anything, with Second Floor, you bring in the people that do the movers, they're the shakers, they do this. And so I shook that South Asian tree. And I think that's that's how I landed here. I love that. That's, wow. That's such a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, shook the That's floor. nice. You know what fell out was like rupees and like mangoes. <laughs> jokes. Some mangoes came. <laughs> jokes, jokes. I love that. Lastly, Ashna, for those people who want to continue to hear more about you, to learn more about Chai Connections, where can they find you on social media? So follow Chai Connections. <laughs> so it's at Chai Connections on Instagram. We're only on Instagram. Um, so definitely follow that. And you'll see me personally on there as well. But hit that up. And if you can, um, join us for our next event. Like I said, it's not limited to just South Asians. So definitely check us out. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. Ashna Bali on the Second Floor Podcast. That's a wrap.